Regular listener, why not check out our YouTube channel for more Arsenal and general football content? Over there, you can sign up to a Chronicles of Aguna membership, gain access to our exclusive members-only content, as well as our private Discord server. But above all, you'll be supporting me to bring you more content and continue what's been an amazing journey covering the Arsenal so far. Enjoy the show. It's the Social Club and we are live. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and I'm joined uh, by this wonderful trio this evening. First of all, welcome back, DDL. Thought you'd done a runner there for a minute. How are you, Harry? You okay? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Good to see you. Your hat's on backwards. You know that? Yeah, it is. It is. I thought I'd be down with the kids. Um, but yeah. We're trying. Also, welcome back to Simon Alavi. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. All good to you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. And making his debut on the Chronicles of Aguna. Uh, it's a former colleague at turned friend. It's the brilliant George McGibbon, uh, writer over at Snack Media. George, how are you, mate? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. I feel like I've been knocking on the gaffer's door for a while to uh, to get my chance and <laughs> finally given it so let's hope i don't cock up in this minute are, are you called are you called gibbo was that a thing at school no geo they went with the first name ah uh, okay all right there you go Alavi's been waiting to ask you yeah. that from the minute we yeah, logged yeah. on, I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, you've been knocking on the manager's door and after some uh, impressive displays in training, I've decided <laughs> to give you the nod. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about plenty of things tonight. We're going to start off by talking about uh, Tarek Lamptey, a player that Arsenal are being heavily linked with. Would he be an upgrade on Hector Bellerin? Is Hector Bellerin as bad as everybody makes him out to be? We're going to be talking about Manchester City, our Pep Guardiola side, the best Premier League league team ever we're going to be discussing that we're going to be reviewing last week's predictions as well it's us against the fans um and we're going to see how things went in the competition last week right um let's get into it then so um arsenal today well not just today you know it's it's been rumored for a while are interested in Tarek Lamptey, somebody that has caught the eye at Brighton obviously joined them from Chelsea um it is now down on the south coast and has impressed a lot of people. Not 100% sure about his injury record and his fitness sort of issues that seem to be a bit of an issue for the guy. Uh, but Dan, first of all, what have you made of Tarek <coughs> Lamptey and is he somebody that Arsenal should be looking at? Um, not not really. I mean, he's, it's an unknown quantity, really. He's... Um, you have a couple of these players every every season who are who are playing well at the club they're at. A bit like Max Aaron's last year, there was a lot of noise around him. Um, he didn't find his movie, still playing in the championship. Norwich still got relegated. I think on, on Tarek Lamptey, I, I see a, a potentially good player. Um, 
he's not putting up any trees defensively. He's not really chipping in with goals. He's not really posting big numbers in the assist state, in the assist stats. And Brighton are a team who have had a lot of the ball this year in a, in a lot of games. Um, so I don't see, I don't see um, him pulling up trees really. That Arsenal need to go all out and get this player. Um, I think Hector Bellerin has been um, probably average for a while, but is Tariq Lanthi an improvement? I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think so. Um, I think you should be looking for an upgrade on on Hector Bellerin as opposed to as opposed to what would be an expensive punt. Um, to be to be fair, I think Tariq Lamptey seems to be an okay player, but is that is that really enough? Interesting, uh, George. Your take on Tariq Lamptey, mate? I mean, he's somebody that people have been talking about a lot this season, but like I said, you know, he's made just eleven appearances in the Premier League this season, and that is largely down to injury. If you were Arsenal, would you be looking at it? And, you know, bear in mind that Arsenal are rumoured to be considering a sale of Hector Bellerin this summer. Is Tarek Lamptey someone you'd be looking at as a potential replacement? I mean, yeah, like the points about, you know, his current output are, are sort of like caveated by the fact that he's playing in a Brighton side that have no decent forwards. I mean, they they do have a lot of the ball, um, but his stats would probably be a bit higher if... if um, so, I mean, I, I actually looked up his stats before this and they, I see it surprised me that they're, they're very similar to, to Heck Bellerin. I mean, 0.9 key passes per game, um, two big chances created over his 11 appearances this season, uh, one assist. Like Bellerin's got two assists, 0.9 key passes, and he created four big chances per game. So, I mean, yeah, and Bellerin... Bellerin has played twice the amount of games that Lancy has. So, I mean, if you're looking for, for a, a replacement there, then, yeah, I mean, his output is exactly the same. But it's his potential ceiling that's that's higher. Um, you know, he's yeah. 20. Um, there's, there's a lot more potential with Lancy, I'd say, than Bellerin. Yeah. George, just um, flick over to your other internet, mate, because it's just cutting out a little bit. Um, so uh, just so that it doesn't break up moving forward. Alavi, your, your take on um, on the whole Tarek Lamptey thing. Would he be an upgrade in your opinion? I, don't, I personally don't think so. I think George is correct when he talks about the age you're paying because he's, what, 20, 21? Um, I think he limits you in, in terms of his size. He's not much of an aerial threat. Um, obviously, the <laughs> the threat of him and Saka down the same wing would be quite frightening for any opposition. I just feel that when you're 25, 26, 27 and you're getting an accumulation of these injuries, then that's one thing. But when you get him at such a young age, I don't know if it's because, you know, conducive to the way he plays or um, what it is, but I think that he will also limit you because of his size in the sense that he'd have to pay in a, in a back three. I think maybe he's shining in a poorer team. And I think that you've probably also got to be aware that Chelsea, or they were, they were probably quite ill-advised and um, maybe injudicious in the sense that they didn't get a, a buyback on him. They have got a sell-on fee on him as well. So let's just say, for example, that Brighton value him at, they want him for 40 million, right? But um, Chelsea are entitled to 5 million. They're going to charge you 40 million. So 45 million rather. So, there will be there is that to consider as well. Um, if you're giving me that sort of, and I believe you know, currently if I'm wrong, Harry, but that it is quoted at between say thirty and forty million. If you're giving me that sort of money, 
I would be looking at the Inter Milan um, fullback instead because Hakimi. I think he, yeah, Hakimi because I think that he he offer he's he's more of a physical presence. I think he's chipped in a lot more goals and assists um, in terms of his stats. I think he offers a range of passing that um, Lamptey doesn't. Although Lamptey's you know a lot better carrying the ball forward and is probably more unplayable going forward at times. Um, and I think he's just the more proven talent. And the Mor- he's Moroccan, isn't he? So um, he's just a bit more of a proven talent. So if I had that sort of money, and I know you don't think that um, you know they'll they'll sell him, but they're in financial crisis, so they will sell him for the same amount that you can buy Antifon. So if you said it's a toss-up between those two players, um, then I would take Hakimi. And, and the final point I'll probably make on this, and, it, and, I, and I don't usually go on about the injuries because it's only really players like Owen and Cliver who have had these injuries at a young age where they've never really gone on to fulfil their full potential. But actually, it's ironic that I remember sitting here on a pod a couple of years ago and talking about Bellerin being the best best fullback in the league. And then I'm not an Arsenal fan, so I won't give you the date, but it was something like early 2019, maybe January, February. He suffered really? As recently as that? <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was an, it was a, it was a, an ACL injury, right? Yep. And he's probably, I mean, <laughs> Arsenal have been hampered with a match. It's like this, uh, <laughs> it's a running joke where they get quite a few of those injuries, but, he got that injury, and I would say that he's never quite been the same player because of that injury, in my opinion. And that uh, yeah. is because of the way he plays. So I worry that he's getting that many injuries, I'm talking about Lamptey now, at this age, which is why I would go for the Inter Milan with, uh, with Hakimi at this, at this point, if I had the choice between the two. I think Matt, Matt, Matt agrees in the chat. Matt says, I think he's too expensive yeah. a risk. Well, Smart but, guy. I mean, for me though, Hakim is not an option. So that feels Why? like no, a. He is an option. He's not an option. It's they a pointless discussion. It's a pointless discussion. There is no link. There is no. Real Madrid have no buyback clause. Okay, you're telling me he Inter Milan would not sell him to a club for point. They are desperate for money, Harry. Desperate. Uh, they, I reckon they're going to get taken over again in turn. I don't think they will. They will be. Selling. You know more about Italian football than me, but you're telling me if you had 35 million to spend, you have a choice between the two. It's a no-brainer. But I'm not saying that. I think that, they do have the choice between the two. But I'm not saying that I wouldn't uh, that I would choose Lamptey over Hakimi. But the link is to Lamptey, and there is no link to Hakimi. There is. So that's what I'm to, saying. Is, yeah, but the question, the question, the question you've asked us is: Is he an upgrade on Bellerin? That, that's yeah. that's what the and question we're all is. saying. It's, it's, much. it's not. Is Tarek Lamptey, um, you know, worth an amount of money? What you said there about Bellerin's injury, yeah, Bellerin got injured, but I think Bellerin was one was a player a bit like Tariq Lamptey now, who was given extra marks out of ten because he was young. Unfortunately, young players get old, um, and if you don't improve with your age, eventually you end up in the situation now where you're being compared with a, a team fighting for survival. That that's the reality of it. So, actually. Arsenal have, over the last three or four seasons, got progressively worse. And I think that has had much of an impact on Bellerin's form. Um, it was only about three years ago where I think Bellerin was the guy holding the ball at Palace when Arsenal fans were singing, you're not fit to wear the shirt. So there's been question marks over Bellerin for a long time. But if you look player for player, is Tarek Lamptey faster? No. Is he better defensively? No. Is he better from an attacking sense? No, not really. Mm, I think I think he is. I think he is, man. I think he's slightly, he's better going forward. I think. But 
I guess my my kind my of point here is how much of an upgrade is he really against against Hector Bellerin? And I, I just can't really I can't really see it. I can't I don't I don't see a player that actually if you swap them over tomorrow you're gonna get an instant impact. And I think what the problem you've got here is attacking fullbacks of this nature are only good when they don't have to defend. And at a minute, Arsenal can't offer Bellerin that. They're not going to be able to offer Tarek Lamptey that. And I don't see how he slots into the side and improves Arsenal at this point in time. But I think what was key was what George said at the beginning is, is the ceiling thing, right? He, yeah, 20, Tarek yeah. Lamptey yeah. at that age probably has a higher ceiling. But as I always say, you know, potential means nothing unless it's fulfilled. Yeah, but, but I guess the on. point is though, Bellerin at that age had an even bigger ceiling and he hasn't reached that. The answer is yeah. why and are the conditions different? So if you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm. even six months ago, you'd say the world is his absolute oyster. He was probably second or third in my mind player of the year last year. You look at him this season, he's a shadow of that player. Doesn't mean he's a bad player, but he's a shadow of that player. And the question is why? The reason is this season, he's an attacking fullback who has to defend because the defence isn't there to support him. So is Tarek Lamptey going to get that at Arsenal if he joins? Absolutely not. So where is the benefit to Arsenal going to be of his key attributes? And I just can't see it. I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a really poor signing. George, let go. me bring you back in, mate, because um, you had some interesting things to say about Tarek Lamptey, and and, and I agree with most of them. Um, but where are you on Hector Bellerin? Is he somebody who? threatened to go on and become one of the best right backs in European football but hit a brick wall is he someone that can still do a job is he someone that Arsenal should just be looking to move on from there are a lot of Arsenal fans out there who who feel that his time is done and it is the right time to cash in on him bear in mind as well that Hector Bellerin's contract after this season will have two years remaining so it feels like the right time maybe if you're gonna sell to sell but where are you on Bellerin George I mean, I, I, I'm not an Arsenal fan either, but I mean, one of the things I understood about his situation was that he was the one that was considering. I mean, there was talks with, with Mikel Teta, I read um, earlier in the week that, you know, he was he was suggesting that perhaps his time at Arsenal was up. And I mean, if you've got a player that has that sort of opinion, and it's been mooted for, for years now, I mean, like you were saying a couple of years ago, this was a guy who was talking about returning to Barcelona, who who did have this this great potential, who did have, you know, the world at his feet. And it seems like everything's just got a bit stale um, at Arsenal for him recently. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't see why investing in a young prospect like Lamptey, who is putting a similar output to Bellerin out now, um, you know, I can't see why that... Would be like it. Maybe there are better options, you know. Um, you know, like Hikimi, like they're all viable options. But um, I mean, if Lamptey is available for for thirty five million, I think I think he would definitely be an upgrade on there. Is my internet better or not? Mm, I'm not sure. Have you switched? Have you switched from one to? It's the about other? as good as Daniel when he said that our young players get old. What <laughs> <laughs> do? Expert insight. Um, try try, try switching it back is, once more, George, if you can. Try switching it back is, once more. Sorry, it's been painful. The point is, it's different because, you know, you like to say pulling up trees every few sentences. So it was nice to get a variation. Of the, <laughs> yeah, one from the, from the back of the phrase. But the fact one is, from, the, point, the point is, players get seem to get right overrated because they're young. 
Uh, the minute a player's young, it's like, oh, he's amazing. He's yeah. not amazing. He's young. If you're playing professional football now in the first team, I expect the same output irrespective of your age. But you can't is, get a free... Is that you can't same get as a free... That's it. Say again? His stats are the same as Bellerin, is what Gibbo's saying. So he's not an upgrade then, if it's the same? That's the question answered, isn't it? He's played half the game. Yeah, yeah. He's played half the game. In a week. He's younger. How many, how many ways are we going to cut these stats to get the answer you want? That's, that's wrong, it? There are two teams that you know, are going to avoid relegation this year. So I guess you can look at it as, you know, the similarities there, aren't there? You've become so bad at these lame shit jokes that you make. <laughs> and then, you, you know, you, you give this like cut of the eye where you're waiting for somebody to laugh at it and somebody to point it out. But actually, Graham, wife is. Actually, actually, you're an immature child and nobody should give you the time of day when you do that. Um, George, are you back with us? Yeah, he's smiling. <laughs> he's smiling, but he's frozen. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> George, Maybe try to... Try come out of StreamYard completely, mate, and come back in again if that's all right. Um, technical difficulties is part and parcel of doing live shows. That's how it is. Um, so, yeah, we, we move forward. Um, let's start talking about Dan DeLuca's favourite subject, and that is Manchester City. Um, are they, Alavi, the best side uh, to ever play in the Premier League, this current group? That's what some people are suggesting. I don't it's... think they are. I think there are others that have gone on to achieve more, but um, where did this this, side rank? Obviously, it's hard to say before the end of the season. This side is not the best team to play in Premier League history. It's they've got the worst competition. However, this Manchester City side has a lot of the same players that I rank personally as the best Premier League side in history, and that's the 2018 team. I personally feel that even though this side is more... Um, technically astute defensively. You know, you don't have Delph in there, you don't have Otamendi in there. Um, They're a more rounded team. I just think that the 2018 team, for me, is the single best Premier League team I've ever seen in terms of the way they played, the fact that they won the League Cup as well, uh, the fact that they obviously got 100 points. The way they played football is the nearest I've seen in this country to the way Barcelona played. If they go on this season and beat Bayern Munich, to, which are probably the only other viable team to win the Champions League, if they go on to win the Champions League and storm this league, then there has to be an argument. Because you can't always just rule something out because it's current. Because you always get some old biddy at the tennis club who says that Bjorn Borg is the best tennis player ever. And it doesn't matter if Djokovic and now absolutely um, you know, spanked Roger Federer's Grand Slam titles, they'll all be going on about Roger Federer being better. That's just what people do. So I personally don't, I think it's too early to say. What I would say is you cannot discredit what he has done in the last 20 teams because they haven't just beat a load of an old rubbish. So if you look at the, uh, again, you have to wait till the end of the season, but I think the Champions League is key because the, the thing I've had with the saving Invincibles is, and I'm, I do give Invincibles credit, but they did go out of the Carling Cup, the league, um, FA Cup and the Champions League to, I think, Borough, Man United and one of Chelsea and Liverpool. I can't remember. What's that got to do? We're, we're, hold is, on. we're talking about Premier League team. Talking, best Premier yeah, League team. Yeah, so so why Premier are you bringing team, in the Carabao Cup? The best and Premier the... League team also has to, in my opinion, 
substantiate that status with another trophy, which is why no one calls it the Man United team of 99 with that great midfield. They go, it's the Man United treble team of 99, just like the 20, 2008 Man United team with the best player we've seen in Premier League with Ronaldo, also on the Champions League. 2005 Chelsea team that actually um, only lost one less game than Arsenal the previous year, but they just lost one, so they weren't invincible, so to speak, and they beat Arsenal's points tally. They didn't win much else that year. So it is, I do think it, I don't know if DDL agrees, but I do think what else you win this year does come into it. You can't just say that, oh, it's just purely based on like Premier League. Otherwise, by, by default, the 2018 team that I'm saying about Manchester City got 100 points with are the best team because they got the most points. You can't just look at it as what they did in Premier League and ignore every other single thing. I think that's just, that's just disingenuous, in my opinion. Um, but to answer your question, the 2018 team, for me, Man City is the best of the team. But it's unfair to answer the question so early. And I don't think you can dis- just discredit them because we always look at teams in the past as having this historical, I don't know, revisionism where we just put them out on this pedestal. Um, and, and DDL is a fair person. So I think as much is as he? he doesn't like Pep. <laughs> yeah, because I think that as much as he doesn't like Pep, I think he will be able to separate that from the fact that City have done pretty well this year, and that is hard to disagree with. I'm getting sticky in the comments tonight for the way I'm treating you guys, so I do apologise. Every week. Every week is the same week. I'm the same tyrant. I've Absolute tyrant. Ninety-seven, so it is sort of. Yeah, I can say what I want to, Avi. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go. Over, let's see if George is is back with us. George, can you hear me, mate? And we're not guests. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, all good, mate. George, your take on this Man City side? How how good are they in your opinion? Because I know what DDL is going to come with, and I know it's going to come with a real monologue of uh, <laughs> of of anti Pep Guardiola propaganda. So uh, I wanted to come to you first, mate. What's your take on this current Man City side? How good are they? I mean, they're fantastic. Um, and I think one of the points that we were talking about, or what, one of the points that was discussed there was was sort of longevity. Um, and I mean, this if City do go on to, to win the title this year, which I mean, it's 99% sure that, that they are going to, um, it'll be their third Premier League title in four years. And I mean, Barring the ridiculous Liverpool season last year, I mean, you know, it's it's almost unprecedented. There's the Manchester United teams, the two Sir Alex Ferguson's, Sir Alex Ferguson teams that did it back to back, actually, um, three in a row. But I think the most impressive thing for me personally, and I, I think this might wind DDL up, is uh, the sort of evolution that Pep Guardiola has put this team through this season. I mean, it, it wasn't long ago that, you know, in this season that we were talking about, you know, Spurs winning the league or, you know, saying it was one of the most open title races that we've had since the last season. And these last 20 games have just sort of shown that Pep Guardiola has, has changed the way the City team play. Like, they don't press as much. They, they've almost conserved their energy in this yeah. season that's so sort of hectic. Um, and then when the time has come and people are getting injuries, people are getting tired, you know, like fatigue is setting in, they've just absolutely trounced it. And I think that's a very calculated, I think that's a very measured thing that, that Guardiola has done. And, you know, last season we were talking about him, you know, I, I wrote quite a lot about Manchester City last season and they were talking about him, you know, potentially leaving. And you've got players like John Stones that were rumoured all summer to, to be out the door and Cancelo that was a flop. 
And this season, I mean, Stones has come back. He's he's got to be a shoe in for for the England team now. And Cancelo is one of the the best fullbacks in the world. Yeah. Sixty you know, million, but yeah, <laughs> boy, yeah, there, there's that. But I mean, it, I, I don't know if DGL has read uh, Pep Confidential. I'm sure he'd really enjoy it if he did. But there's a, there's a really interesting the thing that I got from that book was that playing for Pep Guardiola and his teams, it, it's almost like studying a degree or, or being at school. You know, he, he comes into a side and he basically implements his style from head to toe in the team. And, it, and it's very much a process. Um, so, you know, Bayern, like, it took months and months and months before he, it actually sort of started clicking in the way that, that he wanted it to. And, and for them to play that sort of Guardiola football um, with a little bit of a, a buy and sort of tinge to it. But the most impressive thing is he did that at City the first time and he went on and he won the title and he went on and won the, the title again with 100 points. And now this is the first time in his career that he's had a real setback, you know, like and then hasn't moved on from it because this is the longest he's ever been at a club. And the way that he's come back and, and reinvented this Manchester City side, I just think has been it's been one of the most the most impressive features of it yeah i agree with that i agree with that assessment ddl the floor is yours my friend because i know this is going to get and i you know i I want all the passion that you sent us in our 8 a.m voice note this morning and and those voice notes for those of you obviously that don't receive them always begin like this you know pep guardiola right (laughs) (laughs) before you listen to the voice note you have to say can i just check this starts with pep guardiola because if not i'm not listening to it (laughs) And then we get five minute. They're not voice notes. They're podcasts. Go for yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, should just record them. Should just just play that, and I'll just go and get a beer. Um, so <laughs> I think Dave Dixon's hairline was one. <laughs> I actually, um, I agree with the points that Abby made. I agree with the points that George made as well. There's some good points in there. Fair points. Nothing wrong with any of it. But what is the question you're asking me? The question you're asking me is: Is this the best Manchester? Is this Manchester City team? Today, the best Premier League team of all time. That does not take five minutes, 30 seconds to answer. It's just a resounding... No, but, but I want to know... Uh, what I want right. you to share is, is the reason... Because you, you, you rolled off some reasons to us earlier on as to why you feel that Man City have gained an advantage this season even. Um, I, think, I think they've... OK, so let's do this properly. The answer to the question is absolutely not. And whoever's asked the question should be wheeled away in a van and not allowed out until they've had several hours of interrogation and <laughs> clarified that they're fit to walk among us. Right? It's not the best team of all time. It's not even the best Manchester City team of yeah. all time. Yeah. It's not even better than the Liverpool team last year. You've not even got to go back more than six months to find a team better than this team. Is it so better I than agree- the Aguero team? No, it's not even. It's not even not, better not the than the one te- I mentioned. The 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 QPR one I'm talking about. It's probably better than that one, but it's not okay. better than the 2013-14 team under Pellegrini. Not not okay. a chance. Or Don't the even play one. Probably not even that one. No. So it's probably the fourth best Manchester City team. If the uh, if the invincible Arsenal team played them, they would absolutely destroy them, in my opinion. And I'm sure some of your viewers will be nodding and agreeing. The Manchester City, the Manchester United teams in '99 would give this team a proper good game, and I think Liverpool last last season would beat them quite comfortably. Chelsea. What's happened this year? What's happened this year? So to agree with George's points, okay, what everything he said about what Pep Guardiola has done with this team and other teams is absolutely accurate. The way he's got this team to play and reinvented them 
so that they've won this league at a canter, which was supposed to be close, is fantastic. Brilliant. Round of applause. Well-deserved. Can't take anything away from them. But to then go and create this idea that now because of that, where the, the competition has been poor, let's be fair, this season was a two-horse race. Everyone before the season, apart from me, because fuck yeah, where I said Liverpool wouldn't finish in the top three because I'm a visionary. Um, apart from me, everyone said... Modest this, is our DDL, by the way, if you, ev- if you don't know. It's got it's reco- every pod as well. It's, it's, it's recorded. World Cup. Yeah, it's, it's recorded. So there's a two-horse race. One horse hasn't turned up. So it's not hard to win the league, is it? So they've, they've, you know, they've won the league. They've got no one to beat. They've gone on a really good run. But the reason we're talking about this is because Pep Guardiola is the manager. And my issue is, why does everything Pep Guardiola does have to be amplified to this ridiculous stratospheric level when it just doesn't exist? It, do- it doesn't exist. It, it's a good team. It's no more than a good team. If any other person was manager apart from Pep, this, this question wouldn't even be asked. And it's because of what he's done previously and the English media were so desperate to have the Premier League being the best league in the world. They pretended for a while it was. They're so desperate to achieve that. They've latched on to this this person. And, and we have to amplify everything and bow down and pay homage to, to everything he does. And it's, it's bullshit. It really winds me up. Um, it, the stuff he comes out with as well it just, just aggravates me, which I'm sure some of the listeners know. But he says things like, yeah, we've got through hell this winter. Well, you helped yourself to a winter break, mate. I mean, let's not, let's not mess around. You was going to an inform Everton and you had scheduled a nice winter break for yourself. The only team in hit the only person in the world in the last nine months who have, have had fifteen cases of COVID and they all miraculously recovered two days later. Nonsense. The guy is a very clever coach, is a very clever manager, but he knows how to get an advantage and he uses it. He uses his position of power as leverage. It frustrates me. But the team we're looking at on the pitch are nowhere near a conversation about um, being the best team of all time. Pep Guardiola being considered the best manager of all time frustrates me enough. There, there are historically three better managers than him today in the Premier League. Let's stop amplifying everything that's tried out. Let's stop amplifying it. Let's just say they're a good team, he's a very good manager, and just leave it there. Why do we always have to go overboard? Who would have free? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he's saying Ancelotti. Historically, historically, Klopp, yeah, Ancelotti, Mourinho, Klopp is the other and one. Klopp. Mourinho is the other one. Historically, if I don't see how anyone can make a case for Pep Guardiola's achievements stacking up to those three managers, Klopp, I think Klopp might be the argument against. He's gone to two teams. He's gone to two teams that are that are less than less than fashionable. And he's transformed them in the way Pep transforms his clubs, and he succeeded. I mean, if you purely look at yeah. trophies, do you purely look at trophies? Do you purely <coughs> look at stuff like Harry and I? For, we value like so much what he did with no, Barcelona. And that's no, no, you look place. at so you I look at the value trophies because obviously like, no, you value you look Harry, at, Harry Kane. But um, you know, you look at the, you look at the expectation when you join a club. I've made this point before. Yeah, he's the last ma- the last manager, the, the last manager not to one win at a time, the, lads, one at a time. The last manager not to win the Premier League with Manchester City was Mark Hughes. That's a fact, and that fact is never going to change. When Pep Guardiola's gone, the next manager will come in and win the league. And now we have to say this is the best Man City team of all time because they've won a league with less points than the last three seasons. 
it's bollocks. But it's I think absolute... what George's point I think what George's point was that Pep's frailties to a degree were that people thought he could never quite despite spending three, four hundred million on it, he could never quite get that slightly different way of playing where it's a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit more sensible at times and actually got a good defence behind and so he's actually shown a different style. Not I don't want to say style because he doesn't lose that Pep Guardiola playing, but he has shown a different I guess um I don't, I don't know what the best word. Yeah, no, he, uh, what he's done to his his managing yeah. almost. So you can't take that. You have to at least give him out if you're going to be fair. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking that away from him, am I? I'm not saying. I'm saying that's he's done a fantastic job this season, and he's he's demonstrated a bit more in his armory. Yeah, that was what. Yeah, yeah. does that make does that make String this team? Yeah, does that make this team better because he's done that? Of course it doesn't. Okay, how much struck. credence does it add if he goes and beats by like? If you, I know Harry said it's not relevant what they do, but I think that's rubbish. Like what they do outside of the Premier League is relevant. If he goes and beats Bayern, Munich well, it's irrelevant to the, the question team. of are they the best Premier League team ever? Of course <sighs> no, it is. It, it is no, it's but that's irrelevant. but we've moved okay. on from that. Okay, fine. If he goes goes and beats Bayern Munich, does that not change your mind? Probably not. George, you were going to say something, mate. Hold on, hold on. George, George was going to say something. One second, one second. Sorry, George. George what were you going to say, mate? No, I, I was just laughing at something that you said. Oh. But I mean, I, I do, I do understand, I do understand the the points that DDL makes. But I, I just quite like to ask actually: Do you think that if Jose Mourinho was in charge of this City team, that he'd get the same results? Do I think he'd win? Do I think he'd get the same results? Um, not necessarily. Do you think? Do, do you I think he'd win the league? Yeah, of course he would. Yeah, he would. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's the same question in reverse. Do I? Do I think? Pep Guardiola would have won the league and Champions League with Liverpool, maybe. Won the German League with Dortmund, maybe. Won a Champions League with Porto and Inter, definitely not. Um, so, so the question, the question is circular, isn't it? You, you apply the same, and if you look at if Guardi, if Klopp does what he does at Dortmund and then doesn't do it at Liverpool as well, then then the debate becomes a bit more. A bit more rounded, doesn't it? To go and do that twice with two different clubs, it's not winning the Champions League at Porto. You can get lucky. It's Porto and Inter, and now you're dealing with yeah. a manager who has overachieved twice with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, he Pep, has not over. He's been, not overachieved. He's only he's only been a manager twelve years. Mourinho's been around double. That that's that's true. But then, by the same token, these two managers we're talking about, their successes that we're talking about have come in their first twelve years of management, haven't they? So, I in think ten his years, argument is where has Pep gone? Where he hasn't been the best in the league? With yeah, the yeah but why? Right, and I get that. But why <laughs> should why should Pep be penalised for that? So Pep got given the Barcelona job with no experience, right? Barcelona took a gamble and it paid off massively. Jose Mourinho had to do it a, a slightly harder mm. way. Came through at Porto, and credit to him, he done a wonderful job at Porto. But why is the fact that Barcelona were willing to take a because a gamble on Pep Guardiola? Why is that something that we should put against Pep Guardiola? Why do you, why do you rate why do you rate Maradona higher than Messi? Why do I rate Maradona higher than yeah. Messi? Yeah, then you've got the answer to the question. What you're gonna you think that I'm gonna say because he went and done it in different places? And did it on international for a start, stage. Yeah, for a start, yeah. Right, but I'm going to yeah. say because I think he was a better footballer than Lionel Messi. Nah, that's yeah. what but I the, want. You the, can't the answer, that doesn't come into the argument. But the answer to the question, the answer to the question is, 
you're asking me to compare managers in history. So I'm going to take that into account. If you're asking me to compare the managers today, right now as we're talking, then the best manager today is Pep Guardiola. But if you're talking about the history, you've got to take all these remits into account. So at some point between now and the end of Pep Guardiola's career, he's going to have to retire or he's going to have to take a lower job. And at the point he takes that lower job and achieves what these managers achieved, then he can stake a claim to genuinely be one of the best managers in history. Until now, he's not even as good as Arsene Wenger. Sorry, but he isn't. He's not. It's the same stick that Messi's going to be whipped with, right? Maybe. Well, um, but, but that's what I mean. Why, 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 why do you apply that to Guardiola, but you won't apply it to Messi? I might apply it to both. No, I'm asking DDL. Oh, sorry. Why? I think because, DDL I mean, rates Maradona above. In, term, well. in terms of individual brilliance, I have not seen anything better than Lionel Messi. He's shown me things I've never seen before. What Pep Guardiola's shown me, I have seen before. I, but you I've rate seen... Maradona above Messi, don't you, for the same reason? Who, me? Yeah. Maradona... I rate Maradona above Messi because of what he did at Napoli. So it's exactly yeah, the same exactly. principle. For me. Exactly. So it's the same for me. It's the exactly. same principle. It's consistent. Exactly. Um, and that's you know individually, you know they're both fantastic players. Pep Guardiola is a very very good football manager. But if you want me to compare compare him historically, I'm not going to be a sheep like everyone else and just bah. Oh, Pep Guardiola, it must be amazing because he's there and he wears a nice cardigan. I don't care. I don't care about his he does wear some bloody good cardigans. Yeah, and yeah. yeah so, so, so the point is, in terms of everything this guy does is amplified, and it has to stop. It has to stop. Mark Hughes. That's the last manager not to do what Pep Guardiola has done at Man City. Simple as that. <laughs> I think Mark Hughes was the manager of Man City last time Mourinho won a title. <laughs> hey, 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 love that. <laughs> I think Mark Hughes was that he was the builder. Is that a true? Sto- is that a true story? Is that a true story? It could be. Know, it's probably about I, that. In like ten years, might be. I think Mark. <laughs> no, I think probably, I a think, bit, probably a bit longer. Probably a bit longer. I, th- I, I think. I think you'll find Mourinho won the league in 2015, where Mark Hughes oh, was yeah. was um, Mark Hughes was tidying like up. 2012. Q- Mark Hughes was tidying <laughs> up a QPR, a QPR or Fulham somewhere. I, I imagine. Never let the truth spoil oh, a good story as we very always true. say very as we true. always say um but we, we'll move on from this now but i guess uh, i guess my my kind of thought on this is no they're not the best team right now in the premier league um but for me i i i get what you're saying and i get why people look at what Mourinho did at other clubs and they they use that as a weight to kind of propel him up i get that i just find it difficult when people say, oh, but Pep's only had the biggest jobs. Well, he's only had the biggest jobs because he's the best. That's how it is. You know, in any walk of life, in any career, why would you drop down your level when the highest level is there for you to grab it? You wouldn't. Nobody willingly goes down a level. Mourinho's gone down a level at Spurs now. And I'm not meaning that to have a dig at DDL. No, but he's yeah. gone, but he's gone, he's gone down a level because he's been crap for a few years. That's, that's he's, the, run, he's run that, out of clubs. Yeah, he's well... Well, there's one Guardiola got there's to the one point. Best club, isn't there, in every league? There's one best club in every league. He's done all of them. Tick, 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 tick. And then you have a choice, don't you? Okay, so who does everyone think is the best ever? If I go City 2018. Delio? 
Oh, Jesus. Um, probably probably City 2014. Okay, yeah. George? United, 08. Yeah, it's really? a fair argument. Yeah, like Ronaldo, Tevez. Yeah. Fair. To be, to and be I'm gonna fair, go. I'm going to go Invincibles. Oh, surprise, surprise. You are. <laughs> what a bottle Invincibles. Job. Never lost uh, the game. Never lost the game. Uh, right, let's uh, let's move on from that because uh, we're running out of time. Let's um, let's touch on this week's predictions, and I've got some results, and there's some fantastic results. So. <laughs> This is uh, this is the results from this weekend, and then we'll talk about the overall standings. Um, so this weekend, in fourth place, came Alavi with five points. After he criticised my predictions the week before on numerous occasions in a WhatsApp group and on this podcast, I believe, uh, I scored double what Alavi scored this week with 10 points. DDL came in with nine, and you, the fans, came in with six um, but the f- the standings currently are as follows. The fans are still top of the table. 27 points overall. DDL uh, is in second with 26, so he's hot on your heels. I'm in third on 21, and Alavi has dropped down into the relegation spot. Um, no surprise, really, after your betting picks last week as well. Jesus. Um, but there we are. Right, it's time for you guys in the chat to give us uh, your predictions for this weekend's Premier League fixtures. So one representative from the listeners is going to pick do all the predictions. So I'm going to go through the chat and I'm going to randomly pick someone uh, to do it. I'm going to go for Alcarp. Alcarp, are you happy to do it? Are you going to do it? Let me know in the chat. Give me a thumbs up or something so that I know you want to do it. I'm going to put these fixtures up on the screen um, and then you need to do them all in one message, right? Because I'm not going to scroll through the chat for about two hours looking for things. Um, a couple of you have done it already. So Alcarp, let me know, mate, if uh, if you're happy to do it. Uh, here's the fixtures coming up on the screen now. If I can ever find it because I'm not good at using all this shit. Um, here we go. So we're starting from... The Saturday games, right? So let me zoom that in a little bit. Can I even do this? There we go. All right, there you go. Saturday and Sunday's games there. So starting from Burnley Arsenal all the way up to Tottenham. Crystal, are we including the Monday games as well? Is that is that all 10? Yeah. Yep. Right, so we've got from Saturday to Monday. Uh, those are the games. Get your predictions in. Um, Alcarp's doing them. So Alcarp, get them all in in one message for us. Um, those of you saying you're gutted that you're not doing it, I promise, Matt, you're on to do it next week. I'm going to make a note of it now because um, Matt is one of our members and one of our loyal listeners and he's always there in the chat. So, Matt, if I forget by next week, if I lose this little post-it note or whatever, I'll remember, remember. then please do remind me. Oh, yeah, one of you guys remember. No, it's written down, um, Matt. Cool. There you go. Matt is the man. Uh, so, Alcarp, you work away on that you've got about two minutes to do it no pressure sounds like the idea i'm back in his youth back in his youth only um what else was i going to touch on today i did have something else well man united just do nil nil yeah over really isn't it yeah i mean let's come to george george have you been disappointed by how man city have run away with the title from a neutral perspective because it does feel like now you know, it's it's, it's a so, it's a yeah. formality, isn't it? Um, I wouldn't say disappointed. No, I've actually, I've actually quite enjoyed their football. Um, 
I mean, as a West Ham fan, you know, I thought I thought we ran pretty close. <laughs> I thought we ran them pretty close uh, last week. It was, it was a fantastic game. But no, I mean, it's quite interesting. I mean, although City have run away with the title, the, the race for sort of Champions League and and Europa League places now is is looking very tasty. I mean, Leicester are falling like a stone with all their injuries. Um, Villa have lost their game in hand now. Um, West Ham still four. Um, so yeah, no, I mean it's it's actually turned out to be you know despite the title race, it's been it's been quite an, an interesting season, I'd say. Leicester dropped points today as well, didn't they? So. Leicester, yeah. yeah, yeah, good for Arsenal that as well because Arsenal, you know, got a game in hand over Leicester now, and if we win that, we're just the the, the small matter of ten points behind them. <laughs> but um, yeah, no j- jokes aside, you know, there's a few teams that there that will be looking. Uh, to hopefully drop points over the next few weeks. And then, of course, Arsenal travel to Burnley on Saturday. And then next weekend, DDL, it's the North London derby. Um, so we'll uh, we'll do a little something special on that. But, I mean, it's Mother's Day as well. So, um, oh, so does, oh, catch a does, break. Does this really? propose a problem for you, DDL? It proposes a problem for... For Mrs. DDL, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, maybe she won't I'll remember. Tell you, I'll tell you a problem. I've got she's not my mother. My she's wife. not my mother. She's my not wife, my mother, my is she? So, yeah. <laughs> what, my wife, mother's and daughter's birthday were within a week. It's horrendous. Well, I've, got my, yeah. I've got my sons and my wife's a day after one another. Yeah, one on the 19th. But yours is done. Yeah, but yours is done now. Guardiola's yes. complaining about that run of hard fixtures. There's, there sounded like some pretty difficult ones there. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the whole Mother's Day thing is, um, I mean, I always think of Mother's Day as, you know, a little bit of breakfast and that's it. You know, a brunch, if you like. And the game's at 4.30, so we should be all right. Um, yeah, but it got all complicated when you then have a kid because then apparently you're meant to sort of represent the kid for... Yes. Yeah, I never got that until about a year ago. Do you know what I mean? Like, it becomes a double-edged sword. You're like, oh, I'm meant to like put some little phony present now, pretending it to be from... That's bad, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. meant to just it's be my- your mother, really. Yeah. It's complicated. My, my children, my children have got no access to funds. That's what I mean. A, ve- a vehicle, I mean. Yeah. no yeah. means of getting to a shop, and they can't yeah. order from. That my yeah. my oldest could probably work out how to buy something off of Alexa if I left him unhinged. Yeah. He's six. I mean, it's but, coming out of their eyes, sir, but it's not the point, is it? It's, <laughs> it's a bit difficult. <laughs> and Avi, the predictions are in the chat, mate. So cool. make it right, right of those. I'll, I'll write them down. Um, right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up. We're going to leave it there. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of The Social Club. George, thank you so much for joining us, mate. How can people follow you on social media and keep up to date with your work? Uh, at George McGibbon uh, on Twitter. And yeah, sorry for my Wi-Fi. I, I apologise. It's all good, man. We made it through in the end. Don't worry about it. Um, thank you to everybody in the live chat. Hope you're all well. Um, thanks for your support as always. Make sure if you haven't on your way out, if you are watching us on YouTube, that you do hit the like button. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the audio if you prefer listening on that platform. Um, and a couple of quick messages from me. Uh, first of all, this show is sponsored by Manscaped. 
com. So if your uh, forbidden forest is in need of some deforestation, uh, then head over to manscaped.com. Check out some of their fantastic products. You can get the lawnmower 2.0 and God knows what else is available uh, if you need to get yourself sorted in that department. And if you use our promo code, which is 90min20, you'll get 20% off of your order and free shipping to wherever you are in the world uh, also if you're interested in becoming a member of the channel and getting access to our exclusive members content as well as becoming part of uh, our private discord server and getting a range of other benefits then you can do so by clicking on the link in the description um we hope you haven't get there Jim, at all or... oh yeah alcarp sorry alcarp pick one result mate that is your your gem your standout prediction the one that you think is a little bit against the grain but you're being quite bold in it. I mean, looking at their predictions, I'm just trying to see. Uh, I think the bright. Like... I think the Brighton Leicester two two is quite a shout. Yeah, I had I had I had that as a draw, but we can both have the same gem. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I'd have that as a yeah. Brighton can't score our cup. There you go. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, guys, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Um, the Social Club is our show where we talk a little bit of um, non-Arsenal and we, we get a little bit passionate and we unwind a little bit, which is always good fun. Uh, there yeah, Al Cup confirms Brighton Leicester 2-2. Yeah, two, two. That's the one. Uh, right, we'll be back very, very soon with more content. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, so until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. Until next time. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.